Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good morning, River of Life. So glad you're at church this morning. We're excited about what God is doing. We love to do those little recap videos to remind you of the goodness of our God. Amen? Amen. He continues to show up, and, and uh, as we continue to allow him to uh, step into the doors that he opens for us, we're, we're always amazed at the goodness of God and how, how faithful he is. And so we're super excited to see what's in the future, but we're going to spend a little bit of time in the Word this morning. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, we've been in a series that we've called Essentials. And so as we looked at this, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, today is Pentecost Sunday, for those of you who don't know that. And so this is what we're talking about this morning. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we spend time looking at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. God, we are so grateful because your word is truth. And Lord, it applies to us. Lord, these aren't stories that are from, from yesteryear, but God, these are stories that show us how you, how you want your children to live. So Father, we praise you for that. God, I lift up our campus in Star Valley this morning. As they're joining us, I just pray, God, a blessing over them. Lord Jesus, I pray that, Father, you continue to light a fire in that community and we would see transformation take place. God, we thank you for... Uh, Ted and Ida in Malawi as they lead that campus. And God, we are so grateful for what you're doing there. God, we pray a blessing over them, over their home, and over the, all of those people that attend on a weekly basis. And God, for the men and women who will be watching this in the prison system here in Montana, and actually in other states as well, God, I just pray, Lord, that as they hear your word, they'll understand that your great love for them, and that, Lord, their past does not define them, but the creator of the universe does. And so, Father, we praise you for that. We give you all the glory for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So I'm going to take a few moments this morning. I want us to look at, at uh, the Holy Spirit because I think that oftentimes what happens is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is uh, one of the trinity that we kind of push to the side, but I want you to understand this morning that he's every bit as important as every other part of the trinity. And so I was thinking about this, you know, we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday today and Jesus came and he split history he opened up opportunities for us. He, he came and he died on the cross for us. He then rose from the dead. And then at his ascension, he tells, he tells the disciples, hey, listen, I'm leaving, but I'm sending to you a comforter. And so he said, listen, it's my, my season here on earth is done, but now I'm sending to you the Holy Spirit. And so I, I guess I wanted to take a little bit of time this morning talking about this because I think that there are many believers today who are uncomfortable with the comforter. And we need to realize that, that it isn't like, hey, I, I'm cool with God and I like Jesus and all, but the Holy Spirit can wait outside. They're one. They're the same 
and they're important. Each and every one of them has their own, their own uh, part in our lives, and so we need to understand that. So we're going to take a little bit of time looking at that. Now, don't get me wrong, because I have seen some incredible things happen. I've seen the Holy Spirit do some amazing, amazing things. And I have seen some crazy stuff. And I have also seen some crazy people do some crazy stuff and give the Holy Spirit credit for something he didn't do. Okay? And I think that's where it comes from. Sometimes people can get to a place where they're like, well, I just saw some really insane people do some really insane stuff. And so I'd rather just leave that part of, the, of my faith journey out because I don't want to be associated with that. But can I tell you right now, the, the Holy Spirit isn't crazy, okay? The Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't do weird things. So we need to understand that because if we, don't, if we don't lean in and understand, hey, the Holy Spirit is for all of us, then what happens is we miss out on a huge part of our faith journey. And I love the fact that this came in this series because the Holy Spirit is essential for us to be who we're supposed to be. So uh, I was thinking about uh, being a, a kid growing up, I was a pastor's kid, and there were times when my parents would, would talk to me and they'd say, hey, listen, you represent us, right? Like, you gotta, you gotta represent us well, and, and we came from a big church out in Washington, and, and so there, I, was all, I always had this thing over me that I felt like, okay, I, I know I, if, I, if I do a lot of stupid stuff, then, then I'll hear about it because someone in the church will, will narc on me, they'll tell on me. <laughs> they always did. And so they would tell my parents, oh yeah, your son did this or whatever. And so it was always kind of hanging out there. But the thing about it is, is I, as I was thinking about this, this uh, sermon this morning, I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of people that do a lot of things and they don't represent Holy Spirit very well. Just like a lot of people do things that they don't represent Jesus very well either. Uh, we, were, we went up to a wedding in, in Kalispell on Friday, and, and as we were driving back through downtown Kalispell, there was people standing out there, and they had these signs, and they were shouting at people as they were driving by, and the signs were essentially saying that, that uh, it, you know, you're going to hell. And I thought to myself, man, you are not representing my Jesus very well right now. I, I kind of wanted to roll down my window and just say, hey, uh, how many people have converted because of your sign? Because I can't imagine too many people going, you know what, that seems like a great thing to be a part of. <laughs> so we need to understand that maybe you sit in this room today and maybe you don't have much experience with an understanding of the Holy Spirit. And so for you, you kind of have held him at arm's length, not, not quite sure what to think. And I, I hope that today that I'll be able to enlighten you a little bit about what his role is inside of our lives. Or maybe you've come from a Pentecostal background, and so you've experienced the Holy Spirit in your life, and you've understood that. And for you, I hope that today will be a reminder of why he came, because I'm going to tell you right now, he did not come to entertain the saints. He did not come to entertain the saints. I've been a part of that too, where I've watched as people just, just go and they just have a Holy Spirit party. And I'm telling you, he came to bring power to you so that you could go and change the world. And so we're going to walk through some things today that I think are important for us as believers to understand. And so I've got a few points that I want you to hear this morning. First one is Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as comforter. Listen to John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter 
that he may abide with you forever. So instead of leaving us alone, Jesus makes this statement. He said, hey, I'm gonna go, but when I go, I'm gonna, bring, I'm gonna send this comforter to you and he is going to be here for you. He's gonna live inside of you. He's, gonna, he's going to give you assistance and comfort from the inside out. Now, the thing that's important for us to understand is while Jesus walked the earth, he could only be where he was, right? Like he was in the flesh. So he walked the earth, and so he made a huge impact as he walked the earth. But when Jesus ascends into heaven, he said, I'm going to send someone to you that will live in you so that everywhere my people go, I go. Amen. See, he is, the, the picture is much broader as we look at it in that scope. And we need to understand that he is the one that brings us comfort. In crisis, many of us will look to external sources for comfort. And many of you, I know I've got lots of ex-addicts in the room. And many of you, you understand that when things got hard, you went to a substance or to your addiction to find some amount of comfort. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus said, you don't need those things because I'm sending you a comforter that lives inside of you that is always accessible to you. The next one is, he is our guide. So John chapter 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So for many of us, we can come to a place where, where we uh, get to a place where we trust God and we, and we actually begin to seek what the spirit would say to us. Then inside of that, the Holy Spirit no, no, has access to knowing all things. And so because of that, he can speak into your life. And so now when we're making decisions, we don't have to go blindly into our decision-making process, but we can pray and seek and ask, and God will speak to us and reveal to us where he wants us to go. I think this is where a lot of us as believers get this wrong because many of us, what we do is we walk out our own life and we begin to make decisions on our own. And as we make those decisions, then what we do is we pray and we say, hey, God, bless the decisions I'm making, right? And some of you are like, yeah, that's what I do. What's wrong with that? <laughs> but you know what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you're leading me? Because guess what? If you listen to his instruction and you begin to walk out where he's leading you, he's already blessed it because it's his plan. We don't have to pray for blessing on the plan because it was his plan in the beginning and it's pre-blessed, right? The storms of life will come and I, I think about the disciples and they were with Jesus and Jesus led them on this incredible journey where, where they were exposed to so many things and it was, it was sometimes scary and it was, it was great and it was all of those things. Well, now Jesus has left and he sent the comforter to us. He sent the Holy Spirit to walk inside of our lives. So what that means is oftentimes the places that he'll lead us will be a little bit scary at times, but he's with us. See, I can't even, I, I think back to Jesus being on the boat and the storm is raging and he's sleeping and the disciples are freaking out because they're afraid the boat's gonna break apart and they're gonna die. And so they wake Jesus up and he calms the storm. But the thing is, is the disciples knew Jesus is with us. So even though they had moments of fear, they always knew he's with us. Well, the amazing thing is the Holy Spirit is always with us. And so even when the storms rage, we can call on him to say, this storm is freaking me out. Can you speak to it? Can you do something? And he is faithful and he will. 
Number three, he is our teacher and reminder. John chapter 14, verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. So as we learn to lean into the Holy Spirit, he shows us things that we need when we need to see them. So in other words, uh, my hope is that if, you, if you're in this room and you've accepted Christ into your life, that you, you spend some time in his word on a daily basis, that you open up God's word and you read it and you, and you ponder it and you think on it, that you spend time in worship and in prayer. And in that, as we're reading God's word, what the Holy Spirit can do is he can be a reminder to you of things that you've read. So maybe as you're walking through something in your life and it's hard and you're trying to figure out what things are going to look like, then all of a sudden, as we lean in and the Holy Spirit becomes part of our day-to-day life journey, he can speak to us and say, remember what it says in John when you read that, it applies to where you're at today. And that's part of his job inside of our lives as he is our reminder. He will remind us of what we've already learned. This verse also declares him to be our advocate. So in other words, he's fighting for us. He's on our side. He's walking life with us, and he, and he knows more than you know. And as we talk about changing culture, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit will guide us. We need to be a church like we see in the book of Acts that, that understands that the Holy Spirit isn't here to entertain us. He is here to empower us to change this world. This world is a mess, and it is only getting messier. And as we look at that, it's easy for us to like shy back and go, you know what? I don't know that, I don't know that it's going to get any better, and so we're just going to kind of sit back and wait and see what happens. But what we need to realize is that when, God, when Jesus said, hey, the Spirit is coming, he sent the Spirit to empower his church so that we can stand up against a culture that needs to understand what truth looks like. The fourth one is this, he wants to fill us. Ephesians chapter five, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean to us? It means that the Holy Spirit is accessible and one of the ways is for us to be, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that is to seek God more and to ask for it and, and God will fill you with his spirit so that you're empowered to go and be a witness and to, and to change the world. It's a different relationship than just the relationship that you have with him when you accept Jesus into your life. It brings it to the next level. It is part of your faith journey and it is a next step and many of you have maybe shied away from that because again, you've seen people do crazy stuff And it's made you feel like, hey, I'm cool with everything else, but that part I'm gonna just leave. But I'm telling you, if you leave that, you're missing out on a big part of what this this, uh, relationship is supposed to look like. And for many of you, you've accepted, you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at some time in your life, and and you're like, okay, good, I'm good. I checked the box, we're all fine. Can I tell you, as believers, we should be being filled regularly. Some of you, you you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit maybe when you were at, 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 you know, junior high camp. And you're like, no, I got it, I'm good, it's all good. Well, if I was to say, hey, you wanna go to lunch with me today? And you're like, oh yeah, I ate in junior high, we're good. <laughs> I'm still fine. No, that doesn't make any sense, right? So it's, it, should be, it should be a continual relationship that we have. 
And I know some of you, you come from backgrounds where you're like, oh, we never talk about this stuff. I don't really understand it. This is kind of freaking me out. Can you get back to some of the other stuff that I like more than this? Like when you talk about serving and all that stuff, that's great. Even prayer was good, all that. But this Holy Spirit stuff, I'm, can I just tell you, don't miss this. It's so important. It's so important. Number five, he shines truth so we are not misled. Listen to uh, John 16, verse eight. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and the coming judgment. So as we lean in and we put our trust and our hope in the Holy Spirit, then he will, he will reveal truth to us. He will warn us. When we live in this world where it's easy to get sucked into a warped sense of right being wrong and wrong being right, it's more important now than ever that we allow the Holy Spirit to keep us on track. Because it is super easy to just kind of slowly allow our values to slide out and to allow what the world says is important to become important to us. But as we lean in and we trust the Holy Spirit, he will speak to us. If you've ever heard somebody say, hey, that doesn't really sit well in my spirit. That's us saying, hey, the Holy Spirit is saying, no, 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 that isn't true. No, no, that isn't right. No, we're not doing that. That's not, that's not what God's word says. He is, he is the truth detector. You have, a, you have a lie detector built into you when you, when you walk in the spirit because he can, he can see what is true and what is not, and he wants to share that with you. He does not want, God does not want his children to walk in darkness. He wants us to walk in light. Isaiah chapter five, verse 20 says this, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money, they will be boastful and proud. Scott, can I just stop for a moment right, right now? Anytime in scripture where it talks about pride, pride is a sin. We have a whole month named pride. It's a sin. Scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Amen. So as we look at this, I... Paul's warning Timothy, listen, the last days are going to look like this. You're going to see all kinds of it. There's just going to be everything that you think is right, that we know is right, they'll say is wrong, all of these things. And then inside of that, it says they will act as though they're religious, but they'll reject the power. What is the power? The power is the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the, the problem is there's a lot of people who will consider themselves to be believers. They accept Jesus. They say, yeah, I love, I love God. And, and inside of that, because we've kind of pushed the Holy Spirit out the door, this truth detector that's inside of us, this thing that says, no, you need to stand for what is right and stand against what is, what is wrong, we've kind of pushed that out the door as well. Yeah. 
And inside of this, it says, so they reject the power. They call themselves believers, but they actually don't have the power in their lives. Why is that? Because we've pushed the Holy Spirit out the door. Come on. Some of you are looking at me like deer in headlights right now. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not a sidelight to your spiritual journey. He is a key part of it. Number six, the Holy Spirit is a producer. When we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it produces things in our lives. Here's what Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So now I grew up in church. So I grew up and we did the fruits. And we had songs about the fruits of the spirit. We did little plays about the fruits of the spirit, all that, right? So we all know them, which is great because as believers, these should be evident in our lives. But inside of this, it doesn't say accepting Jesus produces these fruits. It says the Holy Spirit produces these fruits. And, and the thing is, is I think that we, we live in a world right now that has very easily been able to pit, push Christian values out the door because the church had no fruit anyhow. Yeah. It was a dead tree. Amen. It, was, it, it was not producing what it said it would produce. And so, I mean, I can, I can go up in my land and I can, I can plant a tree and, and water it and it'll begin to grow and you can come over and visit and I can say, hey, I got an apple tree in my, in my yard and look at it, it's really thriving. And then the day comes when all of a sudden, it, uh, you know, there, there's uh, pears on it. And you're like, dude, that ain't an apple tree, those are pears. And I'm like, no, no, it's an apple tree. I don't know why it's producing pears, but it's actually an apple tree. You'd be like, uh, I think you're confused about how this whole thing works. So if the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in our lives, then as believers, people should look at us and go, hey, I see love in that person. I see joy in that person. I see gentleness. I see self-control. Let's stop there for a second. I see self-control. One more time. I see self-control. And for, for us, we need to realize that if those things aren't being produced, is it that we're not leaning into the one that produces them? Come on. The more we tune, the more in tune we are, the more filled up we are by him, the more we will produce the fruit of the spirit. Number seven, he empowers us. Acts chapter one, verse eight but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In this dry and weary land, we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever. We need his power to move inside of our lives. And as we look at this, it gives us clear direction as to why the Spirit is in us. It isn't so that we can have warm fuzzies. It isn't so that we can just, you know, we can, we can run around in church together and, and, you know, wave flags or something. It isn't because of that. It's because he's empowering us to go be his witnesses. 
He said, listen, I'm sending you power so that you can go and you can change the world. I'm sending you this spirit so that you can go and make a difference in this world. Now, here's the thing. If you come to River for any amount of time, you know that we believe strongly in outreach. Like we want to be in the community. We have an amazing, amazing group of people that, that are here every week doing things that they're, they're making an impact. And I think that's huge and it's so important. Inside of that though, as believers, if we would also come to a place where we say, listen, Holy Spirit, you need to come and you need to empower me to be who you've asked me to be. Give me the boldness and the strength to step into situations and to speak truth with love. With love, Amen. Yeah. with, with love, love, right? Hallelujah. So as we, as we step into those stories and we step into those situations, now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit through us, we are, we are witnesses. I mean, you know what a witness is. A witness testifies to what they've seen, Amen. right? Amen. Didn't say, I'll empower you to be my judges and jury. Right? right? doesn't say that. It says, I've empowered you to be my witnesses. So you are to speak about what God's doing in your life. Speak about what you've seen. Speak about, about how you've changed. Speak about what, what, the, what God has done inside of your life. And now some of you sit in the room and you're like, that's super cool, Jason, but I'm a huge introvert. And so that doesn't apply to me. I didn't, I didn't actually see that in the scripture. As you as an introvert lean in, and trust God and say, Holy Spirit, I, whatever you need from me, I'll do. Like, what if we as believers, what if we as the church would wake up in the morning and we would pray and say, God, I, I'm your vessel. Empty me of me, fill me with you, and use me however you see fit. Amen. Can I tell you what would be happening? Churches, all over the world as we would do that, if the church, capital C, would do that, we wouldn't have enough space for the people that would be needing to come to church. We wouldn't, because what would happen is we actually would take him at his word that said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can go and be my witnesses and you can go to all these places and you can change the world and you can step into people's stories so that when I go to the restaurant or to the grocery store or to wherever I may be as I, as I run into my next door neighbor and we're having conversation, I can have already been praying, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to see, speak through me, give me the opportunities and when the opportunities arrive, let me walk into them boldly and now all of a sudden, God will begin to, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to things and you'll be able to speak into people's lives. And when you see that waitress who seems flustered at the restaurant this afternoon and she doesn't feel, it seems like she's not doing a very good job because everything seems to be going wrong for her. Instead of getting frustrated and talking to your spouse and saying, we're not leaving her a very good tip. Instead of that, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and you begin to see, hey, there's something going on with her and let's take a moment and let's just talk to her. Amen. And now I have this opportunity where I get to speak into somebody's life and next thing you know, they've accepted Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in me and because he's in me, he's empowered me to be a witness. John chapter seven, verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, 
Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may, ha- may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said that, when he, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into glory. So Jesus is saying, listen, everyone who is thirsty, everyone who is hopeless, everyone who's in need, everyone come and you can drink. And he's talking about this river and he said, come to the river and you can have all that you need. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit hadn't been given yet because Jesus was still on earth. Amen. So now we've, re- we've come to a place where we say yes and we wanna walk in the spirit. And because of that, those who are in need in our community, they should be attracted to the river. They should be attracted to those of us who call ourselves by his name. Why? Because it should be evident that there is hope in us, that there is life in us. But we get so busy and we, and we walk our own path and, and I get it because I'm guilty of it too. But what would it look like if the church became the river? If the church got to a place where we actually took this, this word and we believed it? It's one thing to read it. It's another thing to believe it. And it's a whole nother thing to live it. And God is calling his church in this time, in this culture, in the stuff that's going on to stand up and actually live his word. And when we do, we can change it all. We can have an impact everywhere we go. So today I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes with me for a few moments. And as we close this time together, I know for some of you, you're like, well, this is kind of a a different message. The worship team's gonna come and they're gonna prepare to lead us in a little bit more worship. But I really wanted to end this morning with an opportunity. And the opportunity is this. Some of you may sit in the room and you may be like, man, I'm still a little leery of this whole thing. And this is all I'm gonna ask of you. I'm I'm not a preacher who's gonna get up and say, hey, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you need to do X, Y, and Z, and then you'll receive it. Because I don't, I don't, I want, I want you to seek God. And I want you to say, God, what is it that you have for me? And, and Lord, I want more of you. And I, I'm open. And, and for some of you, that may mean I need to pour out myself and I need, to, I need to make room because I've been just living my own thing. And today, I believe with all my heart that as we just spend these last few moments worshiping together, that some of you need to come and maybe just come to an altar and just and have that moment of pouring out. Like I, I've been living my life based on what I want and what I feel I need. And today I wanna come to a place where I just say, God, I, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm pouring those things out and I'm trusting you. And, I, and I've watched as people have, have made a decision like this where they've said, God, I just want more of you. And, and there was no preconceived, like I need this specific thing because I don't want you to come and seek a gift. I want you to come and seek the gift giver. Because he knows what you need better than you do and better than I do. So to be in that place where you can just say, God, I want what you have for me. And some of you, I know this has been like, ah, still not sure. Well, then in that, pray and say, God, would you just continue to reveal to me who the Holy Spirit is and who he needs to be in my life? Because God is faithful and he loves you and he wants to take you to the next step in your faith journey. So I'm gonna ask everybody if you'll just stand with me. 
we're gonna we're gonna end with a little bit more worship. But I'm gonna close this out in pr- this part out in prayer, and then the altars are gonna be open. And if you want to come and just whatever that looks like for you, I again I don't want to give you too much instruction because I want you to just be real when you come to this altar today. Just say, God, I'm I'm trusting you, and and I want what you have for me. Heavenly Father, this morning I'm so grateful because you love us so much. And as we read your word and we understand that, that God, you've sent your spirit to us, not as a sidelight, but as a, a key part of our faith journey. So Father, I pray that those who are leery, that today you'd bring them peace. God, for those who are seeking, that God, today you'll answer. God, for those who have already received the Holy Spirit but they haven't really been walking it out, that today you would fill them fresh. God, that we would learn to hear your voice more, that we would learn to be obedient more, that we would learn to walk out what you've asked us to be more, that God, we would be a light in the darkness, that this community would see in us you. God, I pray that we would truth would be revealed to us. We would be a a people that will stand for what is right. God, we give you all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. The altars are open. We're going to spend a little bit of time in worship. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.